Cool. Hello, and welcome to Doing Time, where humans talk about their experiences in a psych ward. Today we have comedian Derek Strong. Hi, Derek. Hello. How are you? you? Good. Good. I don't know how it's weird, right? Just, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Can we doing? redo it? Or? No, not at all. Let's not, re- let's not <laughs> redo anything. One take. Hold on. We got um, this. Okay, yeah. So we're just going to talk about your experiences in a psych ward. We kind of went okay. over, like, what, you know, everything. And So first question I'm going to ask is probably how much time have you done? Okay, so spread across uh, from age. Do you want a seatbelt? Do you want to buckle in? Or? Yeah, well, I'm buckled. <laughs> uh, we're we're ready to go. Uh, let's see. So you know, I not counting because I went to a high school, as I mentioned to you before. I went to a high school for kids with emotional, severe emotional problems. Okay. Um, and you lived there. It wasn't like you know a day school. You actually lived there on campus. It's kind of like jail for kids with problems. Mm. Um, so that's kind of where it started. A lot of those kids were in state psychiatric wards, and this was like kind of like where they would go because they couldn't couldn't take them home for whatever reason uh, and then when I was 19 I was uh, when I was 18 going into 19 I actually spent my birthday in the psych ward my first time uh, I did my first 30-day stint at st. Luke's Hospital in New York uh, Clark 9 was the name of the ward it was supposed to be on Clark 8 but they pushed us to the ninth floor because they were having issues with the eighth floor so that was the first time and then my last stay was in 2003 yeah, so it's so been a while. Oh, it's been a while, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, I've been medication-free since 2005. Wow. So, yeah. Most oh, of the yeah. chagrin of the psychiatric Okay, so industry. states. How many states have you done? Uh, one state. Um, New York? New York State. Okay. Uh, Queens, Manhattan. Uh, Queens and Manhattan were the only two cities. Okay. Were the only two parts of New York that I did that in that I was in psych wards in, and uh, I only went to Queens General once. All the rest of my stays were in Manhattan. Okay, and that so was spread across four different places. Wow, okay. So Roosevelt Hospital, St. Luke's Hospital, and St. Vincent's Hospital multiple mm-hmm. times at Roosevelt and St. Luke's Hospital. Gotcha. Altogether, it's about 12, or, and the reason why I say 12 or 13 and don't know the specific number is yeah. the last year that I was in, mm-hmm. there was, uh, that year is just a blur. Because it was just like I was in and out so many times that like it kind of like bled together. You like don't remember, yeah. Yeah. That's like the common experience. I feel. Oh like. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, you know. I mean, because when you go there, I mean, it's just, you know, if you're going in there and you can remember clearly everything that happened, I mean, you were, I don't know, maybe just had, you know, slightly depressed at the time. You weren't really in there. Right, you know what right. I mean? yeah, you weren't so, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like the last, the last year that I was in, that was the, uh, the also the few times that I was in there, because uh, there's two different statuses you have, as you know, there's voluntary, there's involuntary. Right. Voluntary is when you know you want to kill yourself, involuntary is when they're like this, I'm pretty sure he's going to do it and somebody else calls the cops on you or exactly. you're going to hurt somebody mm-hmm. else and they're pretty sure you're going to do that too. Yes. So, yeah, so that was the only time I had involuntary was the last year that I was in there. Okay. So... That's interesting that you stayed in the same state and didn't have. Oh yeah. Very consistent. Very consistent. So, that's interesting that you mentioned not remembering because Carly was on the last episode said that she it's like such a blur to her. What's so funny is like every hour you're there goes by so slowly and then Ed is immediately you leave it is like nothing happened. Oh yeah. I like I don't remember anything like when you're in the elevator like I this is done like I'm done. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. And and here's the thing because nothing does happen. 
Like the first time I went to the psych ward, like one of the goal, like I actually went there and wanted to be productive. I thought I was going to go there. I was going to meet with a psychiatrist and a social worker, mm -hmm. and oh, I'm going to get better and let me really attack this. And I get there and you see a psychiatrist like twice in you know oh, yeah. in the in the week. And all they're there to do is to just check your levels and see if you need more meds or not. Oh, and yeah. that's it. And the funny part about, about that is that you wait to see a psychiatrist, and yeah. then you see them, and it's, like, max five minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you leave, and you're like, wait, I waited for, like, I was thinking about this for days. Yeah. For, like, a five-minute conversation with, like, and all they do is they ask you how you're feeling. Yep. And, and then can and then they offer lower your dosage. And that's it. And, and that's it. And yeah. that's it. That's all. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason why you're there meeting with them is to change your dosage. And so you so so your last psych ward stay was 2003. 2003. And you said yeah. the last time that you were medicated was 2005. 2005. Yeah. So. And like that whole like that whole like year and a half between late 2003 right. and 2005, like that period, like my consistency with meds taking was just like I was still seeing a psychiatrist, but okay. like that started tapering off and like. I wasn't consistently taking meds, so it was just gotcha. like, and then I was just like, why am I, why am I doing this? Like, it's, you know, if I had this, like, strange, like, weird, like, will, like, all right, if I can last such and such amount of time without needing to mm -hmm. re-up with this, then why, why the fuck am I not just doing that? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. why, why am I subjecting myself to this? Because I don't know if, you know, if anybody's listening or is watching this, or I'm sure you've read into it. You know, a yeah. lot of people, at least nowadays, are a little bit more educated with this. But, like, the shit that psych medication does to your body. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous. I compare it to this. Like, and I told somebody this, and they thought it was a brilliant insight. And uh -huh. yes, this is mine. It is mine, okay? <laughs> The way that modern um, uh, psychopharmacology works, it's uh -huh. like trying to kill a mosquito with a sledgehammer. Like, mm -hmm. eventually you're going to kill the mosquito, but you fuck up so many other things in the process. Okay? And that's like, yeah, that's really what it is. I mean, your kid, I know a guy, um, he, uh, you know what Tardive kids uh, dyskinesia is, right? Yeah, I learned about that in psychology. It's when you can't. Oh, I think one of my friends had that. Okay, so yeah, so basically what it is is a side effect for a lot of the anticonvulsants that you get take for bipolar. The yeah, ticks. You get the ticks. Yep. So uh, this guy had a very severe reaction to um, to uh, lithium, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it distorted his tongue to the point where like all the muscles spasmed at once, contorted his tongue. I'm sorry, and now he has to take speech therapy. He has to go to speech therapy class for the rest of his life, and he can he can barely understand. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've I so I started meds when I was in sixth grade, not for Ooh. antidepressants, but like a <laughs> nice age. Like oh, oh yeah, yeah, during puberty, yeah, that's a great <laughs> time. While a person's body chemistry is changing, let's just shove more oh, chemicals in there. Nothing oh, bad can yeah. happen. So yeah. many like I took like ADHD and then antidepressants was like my sophomore year of high school. Oh fun. But <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> the side yeah, effects yeah. are we can let's talk about that oh, because my God. I so I started them in sixth grade. And it's funny that you say the tardive dyskinesia. Yeah. I should know this. I was a psych major, yeah. but I, it's out of my mind right now. A I psych guess. major? The hell you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but so I, I, my my best family friend, who's like a father figure to me, yeah. his name's Alan. He runs a sober living home that my brother used to live okay. in. Okay. So he sees shit like all day, all night, and he said that. He was concerned for me taking lithium because I used to take it. Yeah. I was on that. I've been on people. Wait, when you were in, when you were in high school, you were taking lithium. Uh, in college. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, even still, that's 
fucked up. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead. yeah. They, well, this guy so was we can talk. Yeah, doing it. He was like eighteen or nineteen when that happened. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so okay. So he said that somebody came in kind of with the same issue. Yeah. And they took medicine for like two months. Yeah. And they like can't speak. It is so sad that like there's no tests that. So they do. You know the twenty three and Me test. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, heard that they can. Yeah. You can see the genetics and like what medications you can interact with. They the fact that they know lithium can do that to people so quickly. Yeah, they should be able to like take a genetic test. But it's one of those things where you know we've said this before, but it's like you're kind of just a piece of paper and they want to like yeah. dismiss you. Oh yeah. So it's so funny and um. So I started taking lithium because I couldn't sleep for a little bit, and no. What? <laughs> what? They were prescribing lithium for you for that. I went in and they're like, so you have insomnia? Do you think you're bipolar? And I'm like, I think that's your job to maybe ask me if I'm bipolar. Yeah, Yeah, and I was like, honestly, I don't think I'm bipolar. Like, I I function. I don't think I'm like, you know, I'm not driving across the country on highs. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I have like a little bit of mood issue, but anybody with depression and anxiety fluctuates in mood. So they gave me lithium. And honestly, wow. it did nothing for me. Yeah. Like, it didn't help my depression. It did well, not help my depression. Like also, it, just it takes a while to build the half-life for lithium. Yeah, it but takes it's weeks for it to actually my, yeah. my brother, who does heroin, was yeah. like, you're eating battery acid. Like, that's yeah. the worst thing you like, like that you, you can do. Okay, if you – all right, so if you have a lithium tablet out on a hot day, you'll see condensation form on it, and that's mm-hmm. because it's a salt. It's also the oldest medication known to man. Like it is. It was, yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah, like, you'll actually see it, and if you taste it, it tastes like salt because it's a salt. That's what lithium is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, like, oh, my God, the stuff that it does to your kidneys. Like, when they say, oh, yeah, you should drink a lot of water with this, they're not making a suggestion. They're telling you you have to do this because <laughs> this is fucking yeah. your shit up. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. wow, lithium. They're, Ooh. like, be depressed yeah. and want to die yeah. and then take this medication and die. Oh, my God, it yeah. flatlined me completely. Like, I was completely apathetic. The whole entire time, like I could not feel like one of the reasons why I became so expressive was to compensate for being on lithium because my affect so was just flat. So like when you I, when people say something and you're like, okay. yeah. So I would have mm-hmm. like I very exaggerated like reactions to things because of that because that was my way of just like oh I'm supposed to like like based off the social cues I'm supposed to react right. this way. So yeah, let me. That's like when you're like super high and you're like. All right, like you're checking out it. Yeah. When you like try to be sober, yeah. That's that's you're compensating for like the fact that you know that you're not normally responsive to like social cues, so you're trying to like compensate. That's exactly what that's like. And I used to do that because I used to be on Ritalin, and it would make me like. I heard that just flying as you were. It it makes you focus, which like it works. Like it does work. It's literally cocaine, and then people think it's okay because it's like in a pill form. Of course, yeah, naturally, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anything a doctor prescribes, you know, as we know from the whole uh, not codeine. What's the other painkiller epidemic that we have in this country? Um, um, Uh, oxy's, yeah. Oh, they used to say fentanyl, but oh, fentanyl, Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. Well, so when I was in Philly, I found out. Well, that's where I found out about this. Yeah. uh, yeah, like, you know, the, the manufacturers, I forgot who pushes Oxycontin, like, the yeah. reason why there's a big Oxycontin painkiller epidemic mm-hmm. in the country is because they were pushing doctors, like, oh, we'll give you X amount of dollars if you pre- prescribe it, oh. and then they were pushing it on people, and now you have this big painkiller epidemic. Wow. So, yeah. I didn't know that. That's kind of like, you know, like, cops have a certain money yeah, hit yeah, list they need exactly. to get per month. Like, that's... Yeah, like, they have a quota. Well, same thing with psych yeah. doctors. Uh, I remember I walked out of a psychiatrist's office. This was back. It, this was after I'd stopped taking medication. Uh-huh. Um, this was about 2006 or seven. I was with my ex at the time, um, and it was in Queens. And I went into this office, and you know they do the intake appointments for any therapy. You meet with a, a thera- uh, intake coordinator, and then you meet mm-hmm. with a psychiatrist. And the right. psychiatrist is supposed to see what you should be prescribed. Sat down with him. 
for two minutes, told him what my diagnosis was, bipolar type 1 uh, with psychotic features. Boom. Uh, so, and yeah, I told bang, him what it was. He was, just like, he was just like this, oh, I have to put you on something immediately or else you're going to be in the hospital. I'm like, doc, I haven't been in the hospital in three years. Right. I doubt I'm at any risk You're for not going to, like, change my life. Exactly. By by, I'm yeah. like, I'm not at any risk. I'm not at risk myself or others. He's like, oh, no, no, well, I have this new medication. And he just started handing me samples. And it's like this, okay, we're done here. I got up, left Like in his desk? Yeah, yeah, he just had samples. Like, you could look around. They have all the little yeah. merch yeah. all around, the little things. So, yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah I, I definitely – when you're there, you're seen as psychotic. Yeah. Even if you're not. Even because I yeah. I wasn't psychotic, but I was having like a mental breakdown of just anxiety, where I was just like cr- I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. Because like I was away from where I was in Denver. I was away from my parents. Yeah. And then I was crying because I was like depressed, extremely depressed. I wanted to kill myself. Wow, you're depressed because you're away from your parents. That's yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, exactly, life. exactly. And I was like, well, I was away from my parents, like feeling like that. I wasn't yeah. depressed because I was away from my parents. I was depressed because like I'm being facetious. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's a very natural reason. Exactly. Yeah. And they came in and they're like, oh, we got to get her like up on like floor five and i'm like dude yeah like i'm like i was a division one athlete like give me more credit than that like i'm not like it was very and i and i've also been diagnosed i've just been diagnosed with like major depressive disorder which like i'm medicated so yeah i don't really have my my big thing i struggle with now is anxiety but um yeah it's definitely one of those things where they look at you and they're just like you are like they they it's so weird because you want them to take you seriously, but they yeah. almost take your diagnosis too seriously where they're yes. like, oh, you're going to break down right now. Instantly, you're unstable. Yeah, and we're like, no, 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 I'm not. No, no. I just need help. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, again, there's a difference. I mean, you know, uh, for one of my, uh, what's it called? For my, one of my actual breakdown, because I had two breakdown periods when I was 19, when I first went in during the last year that I was in, mm-hmm. um, like the second time. Wow. So I was at the end of a manic episode, and I didn't have, like, the fun manic episode where people are just like, ooh, I'm the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. I had, like, a very delusional one where I was just, like, you know, persecution delusion where I was just like, oh, my God, everybody's out to get me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that ended – well, the first me getting put in the psych ward, that ended with um, four cops knocking on my door because my case manager called them, and the, the female cop in the back, she's shaking a can of mace, and in that moment – I gained some semblance of clarity. I was just like, okay, I'm going to go with you guys. And I started speaking very slowly because I, right. like, I, I don't know how I was able to gauge the situation and calm down enough. Because if you know that if you cooperate. Oh, so, yeah. It was just like, I was like, she's, so it was just like this. I'm just reaching under my bed to get my sneakers. And I moved very slowly. I was yeah. just very deliberate. But <laughs> up until then, I was a fucking maniac. Yeah. So. And then when they brought me in that time, yes, then a psychiatrist can safely say, oh, he's completely out of his fucking mind. We need to get him on medication. (laughs) But me sitting down on my own will and just being like this, I feel a little bad. Yeah, I'm not out of my mind. Yeah, if you're voluntary, it's a little different. You know, you don't have to shove 85 meds in my face. For sure. Cool. Rolling. Swag. Okay. All right. Cool. So we were talking about medication. Medication. Stuff like that. Hospitalizations. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um. So you were once. What? You were once homeless, right? Yes. Okay. Okay, So through variety of things. um, Are you uninterested or something? Or what? No, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was making sure. I was actually doing something proactive with my phone, making sure that my ringer wasn't on. Oh, how sweet. Okay. All right. Put it on the floor, and it's not out of sight, out of mind. Put that right there. Yeah. 
Anyway, so go ahead. Yeah, so I was yeah, homeless. Yeah, tell me. Tell me so, okay, so I was homeless for two years altogether. Uh, wow. Six months, I was street-bound homeless. Um, and then a year and a half, I spent in the shelter system. Okay. Was this all, like, sporadic? Or was it, like, a year and a half oh, in the shelter? Consecutive. So, like, the six months was two different times. I, I was did a month and a half or two months. It was a while ago. Okay. Uh, Two months, yes, two months, mm -hmm. and then New York. in New York, okay. and then both times during fucking winter, obviously. Well, oh. that's the coldest, worst time of the year to be homeless, right? Not. Sorry. And by the way, there's no good time to be homeless. I'm not <laughs> trying to say because so, I will say this: I used to have a bit about when I went to San Diego for Comic Con, yeah. and then I saw like two, like homeless guys there. I'm like, you guys are fucking posers, you know? Yeah, yeah, about, yeah. It's beautiful, sunshiny beaches. <laughs> Fucking poser homeless bums. Fuck yeah, you. you're not you're not homeless when you you're can be buried in the sand yeah, for your bed. Exactly. Yeah, you don't know about that life. Yeah. Uh, so in New York, in which New is York, one of the most like yeah. overpopulated cities. Yeah. That's um, wow. Yeah. So I was homeless there, and then. Uh, and how did that? I mean, how this did is, it occur? How, no, 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 no. How did it? Well, I would want to get into that, but how did that? Of, like heavily affect your mental health mother fuck okay so it was also during the age because again and this is something with mental health that that i think doesn't or well it does get touched on now but back then mm -hmm. definitely wasn't touched on a lot but like like until like and i talked about this actually on on uh on a different podcast on a different podcast um plug plug <laughs> yeah, i've been on a lot of podcasts Derek strong uh podcast guy so uh <laughs> anyway, so yeah, but you're you're basically you're psychologically you keep developing until your late twenties, okay? Right. Twenty five, I think. Twenty five, twenty six. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so mid twenties, but like so, like yeah, like yeah. like I had I had eight or nine different diagnoses. Wow. In my life. And how many of them were correct? One, obviously. Well, the the last one and the last one, I you can't even technically say it was correct because mm -hmm. after I did have a manic episode, mm -hmm. um, and this is like there's a percentage of people that when they'll have one manic episode and it's like one and done, mm. you know. And I'll tell you this too, like after the last one, one of the reasons why I went through this huge period of depression afterwards, which you do because you're crashing, um, right. like ever since, like it felt like something snapped inside. I can't explain it, but like yeah. everything from that point felt duller. Not even just from the medication, but like even after I stopped taking the medication, like there's a, it felt like I definitely lost a part of me during that whole period. When you came down from? From my manic episode back in 2003. Oh, for sure. It's like, it's almost like, have you ever had a panic attack and then you feel so good after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, it's almost like where there's a switch in you where you have this constant anxiety that's like balled up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you're having a manic episode, it's like this, uh, like a, enormous amount of energy. And then when you're done, you feel low because there's nothing ever going to be compared to that. Yeah, well, I mean, it was sort of like that, except it was again because my manic episode wasn't, I wasn't a good positive feeling one. Like I, I said before, it was yeah. just like the psychotic psychosis throughout the whole entire paranoia. Time. Oh my god, yeah, like all yeah. right, so like um, there was a point where I pissed in all four corners of my room <laughs> to mark my territory because I thought all of my neighbors were trying to get at me. God. So, like, I was just like this. So, like, a wolf. Like, I'm just like, oh, I got to mark my wow. territory and keep them away. Yeah. And that's, like, the very tip of the iceberg of crazy that went through for that. So, when you're going through that, I don't know if this is, like, a stupid question to ask. Like, are you aware? No. It's it's not okay. really aware. So, it's like, imagine your mind is – okay. So, it's like, imagine, like, like, uh, like, you have a central point 
of the delusion, which is I'm the most important person on the planet, right? Right. So not every interaction you have with everybody, your your mind is trying to attach to this one central focus. So it's just like mm. if I'm talking to somebody and they laugh like at randomly at something, oh, well, I'm the funniest person on the planet because I'm the most important and person. And then everything in the world. you do is yeah. attached to the feeling attached funny to or whatever that, you're or thinking. whatever it is. So sure. yeah, and it's like it's like imagine being on a roller coaster. You have no idea where it's going. You can't stop it, and you're just along for the ride. You're kind of like a passenger in your own mind if that makes wow. any sense that's yeah like they're uh, the scariest so, so you're if you're a passenger in your own mind then it's then you can't control it at all you can't you don't yeah. and like again like when i uh when the cops showed up mm-hmm. that was when i had the slightest bit of control because that's when the, like like something snapped him he was so just that's like, when the snap happened that's when it was just like okay. it was just like this okay maybe something's wrong here mm-hmm. like i didn't think anything was weird or wrong up until that point Gotcha. And do you, do you mind sharing, like, why the cops came? Did somebody call? or did Oh, you yeah. Call? Well, I got into an argument with uh, one of my neighbors. And okay. then, like, I f- fucking just started smashing on his door with my elbow until I fucked my elbow up. Oh, no. And then uh, I called my caseworker. It was on a weekend. Mm. And I, you know, told her what happened. Just all this crazy shit that, mm-hmm. you know, that I was experiencing. Like, you know, I thought I, you know, <laughs> God, I... I I don't, I don't want to ex- completely expose what level of crazy this is. Yeah, why feel, not? But like, share whatever just, you want. You don't have to share There was just like, I was like telling her like all these like delusions that I was having, uh-huh. stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. so uh, she's the one who was just like, yeah, I'll be over later. And then like so she came by and she was there with a the psychiatrist. And it was like, that was actually the real awakening point was I saw the look of concern on her face. I was just like, okay, something might be wrong here. And she left with the psychiatrist, and literally within 20 seconds, the cops were at my door. So they were oh, waiting wow. down the hall. Okay. Yeah, and they... So you know, they were they were kind of just prepared. Yeah, they were just... Yeah, I mean, it's funny because everybody has a different, like, bottom, so to speak. Yeah. And there's certain people with bottoms Oh, and by the way, that was, the, that was by far... Not Sorry to cut you off. No. That, that whole experience yeah. was by far worse than any of my homeless experience. Wow. Yeah, that was because that was the scariest. Because like at least when I was well, homeless, there was some semblance of control there. I was just gonna say, was it because you knew that you had control at that last second once yeah. it like kind of hit you? Yeah, like that. Like, and it was yeah, it wasn't until the last second where I had control it, up until that point. But when I was homeless, it was like this. There was almost a freeing aspect of being homeless. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's just like you are, you answer to nobody. You know what I mean? Right. You, no responsibility. You no responsibility. But yeah. then it's like you're also living kind of hour to hour. You know, because more know, in you, the moment, you yeah, feel like? it, yeah, because you don't know what's gonna happen next. So you're like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. really interesting. <laughs> that's really interesting. Very freeing kind of feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh. Yeah, I was so. That's yeah. so funny that you said that. Like that was your bottom because I, because I, my family friend, like I said, is in charge of that sober living home, and he um. My God, he must know stories. Oh, I mean, I'm gonna have him on the podcast, so I'm Me like too. super excited. But like, it's it's one of those things where like. He, everybody has a different bottom, yes. and there are people who, you know, they've had the classic bottoms where I was drunk in an alley and I pissed myself yeah, out, I and I almost one. died, or, or I overdosed. That's usually people's bottoms. But um, one of his friends, who I actually, you know, I know her, and she's so sweet, and she told me that one of her bottoms was when she was in the hospital, and people came in and looked at her like she was a crazy person, and they yeah. were concerned, like concerned, like you say, yeah. and that was when she was like, I have to stop. Yeah. She was a heroin addict. Yeah. So like, it, it's one of those things where like. Everybody kind of has a different extreme as their bottom, and I guess it just varies because of what's going on. Because like you said, it could have been the fact that you weren't in control for so long, kind of, and... 
Well, or in, in hindsight, so like, because again, that wasn't my last hospitalization. My last hospitalization came at the end of that whole year. Like, uh, well, not end of the year, but the end of the year for me in terms of, you know, that breakdown period. Gotcha. Which so it was like August. A, a long yeah. stretch of yeah. like episodes kind of? Yeah. Okay. So like February was when the breakdown happened. And then okay. like, it was like six months of the worst depression I ever felt. Oh, wow. And then I had a suicide attempt that August, which, okay. uh, and that was my la- very last hospitalization. And that was, again, that was an involuntary one. I took a, a 100 Benadryl, oh, uh, wow. which, but I, you know, again, it's Benadryl, so you think it might not happen. No, it poisons you. So I was poisoned. I was, like, retching in the hallway. Uh, somebody oh, saw no. that, and, you know, uh, you know, they took me in. And I also got put in four-point restraints because I was flipping out. I had three days of my life I don't wow. remember, and that coincided with the New York blackout. So for months afterwards, I kept thinking, like, I caused it because, you know, Mania, yeah, exactly. I caused a New York blackout. <laughs> yeah, you think you're so during special. That time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, oh my God. Uh, wow. But I'm that, sorry to hear that. The lowest point of that whole manic episode that led me to the hospitalization in the first place was. Um, you I remember. You the <laughs> yeah. I thought. I thought. Well, oh I mean, God. listen. I was blacked out. Like, right. And I, right. I was just like woke up and I heard there was a blackout that went. Yeah. Day to day with the same amount of time. Yeah, you're like, like oh, yeah, shit, you're like, I man. took the city with me. I took the city yeah, with me. I was like, if I go, I'm taking all of you with me. Oh um, my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. So the the thing that happened that was really like in hindsight that was the lowest point of all of my life was uh, was when I was with the when I was during my manic phase because it lasted for a few weeks. Um, I met with my caseworker. She came mm-hmm. by just to check in on me. Nobody had seen me in a while. And um, we had a conversation, and the conversation, you know, went from my apartment. We had it in the hallway, went up a flight of stairs, talking with her the whole time. Mm-hmm. I found out after all of that that one of the times people saw me, I was talking to myself in the hallway. So I had a conversation with somebody who wasn't there. And, like, to me, like, that fucks me up to this day. It was just, like, I invented this whole entire narrative Wait, so about it wasn't this your person. Case she wasn't there. It was just me talking to myself. <laughs> but I clearly still remember it as her being there. Wow. Yeah. That's. Yeah, that wow. one to me is just, like, uh, the power of the mind. So, yeah. <laughs> the power the of the mind. power of the mind. Yeah, it's not all positive. Your mind doesn't always just, like, oh, yeah, I have mind power. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. I can do a thousand push-ups. Fuck you. You know what else? <laughs> you can invent entire conversations with people who aren't even there. Oh, my God. So. Yeah, wow. So she wasn't there. Did you ever like call her and tell her like that? I happened? told her that, and she was just like this. Yeah, well, I don't remember. I was like, oh my god. Is she used to hearing stuff like that? What? Or was she used to hearing stuff like that? Like, did she was oh, she in the mental yeah. health department? Like kind you, of? like so the program that I was involved in, like their whole their their whole existence is for like the psych people who are not. They're not just homeless, mentally ill, but they're a community outreach program. They were a community outreach program. So their whole model was based on people who had no idea that they were mentally ill. Like a huge portion of the mental, mentally ill community uh, are people who have who have like schizophrenia and more some right. of the more severe disorders to the point where they don't realize that there's anything wrong. Okay. Of course. So, you know, and that's then, half the issue. Exactly. So, right. like, yeah, exactly. The biggest step that anybody makes, like, admi- just like with alcoholism, the biggest step is the first step admitting that you have a problem. Exactly. So, one of the reasons why they saw me and they were willing to work with me well is because I was one of the few people who came in like this. No, 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 I'm fucked up and I want to try to get better. Question. Yeah. How did you realize that she wasn't there? 
What? How did he realize that? When people told me that I was talking to myself in the hallway. Oh, right. And this, okay, was, like, sorry. Uh, this was like a month You're or right. so after the okay. fact. Like, I'm like this, wait, what? Wow. Yeah. So that so like, is that a psychotic feature of bipolar? Yeah. Like okay. If so, you're that's, bipolar, so that's not schizophrenia. Yeah. That's just a psychotic feature of bipolar. Yeah. Like, like, but like, okay. so like my my depression, like one of my like one of my. Uh, Wait, let me ask. Was yeah. that during an episode? That was during the manic. Episode. Okay, I was yeah, just gonna yeah, ask if that one, was yeah. like I'm like yeah. Okay, so that that makes sense now. Yeah. So okay. like, but like during that time, you know, right. it's just like you know, again, pissing in the corners of my house. Yeah. yeah thinking I had special powers. You know, I was an inventor. I spent three hours in the bathroom one night once trying to get the uh i was gonna bring uh, to me it was all about bringing balance to the earth right mm -hmm. so like uh i was in the bathroom trying <laughs> you to had a good objective try, yeah of course i was trying to like <laughs> balance out the the um the uh what's called the knobs in the bathroom because i thought for some reason uh, that would bring balance to the earth yeah it's as someone who has ocd i can appreciate okay that. good yeah. Thanks, yeah oh my god ocd in the truest form three hours I'm guessing three, and again, that's a guess. Like, I, right, of course. I, you know, Your like, time like, is relevant, and it's, yeah, it's that, relative. It's it's not something you, yeah, for it's, sure. Exactly. And there's so many fucking holes in my memory to this at this point. Like, I just yeah. when people tell me something happened, I'm like, sure. Okay. Yeah, you're like, of course it did. Of course it did. Yeah. Like, all right, now yeah, let's mm -hmm. just. You can't let's... not believe them after like after like the hearing the extremes of like I talked to somebody that wasn't there. That wasn't I did there? this for three yeah. hours for sure that you can believe whatever. You're like, all right. Exactly. And of course. Like, you know, but there's also, like, I had people in my life at the time that, like, totally exploited that and, like, said things that I've done that I know for a fact I didn't, like, that were outside of the whole psych system, so. Yeah. Uh, wow. But, uh, Very interesting. Uh, I like that. So, yeah, homelessness, I know, we get, we, 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 we jumped way far no, from No, but that. I think you made some really great points about homelessness that it's not all, um, because from the outside, it's like, wow, that's so terrible. It is terrible. I mean, no, I mean, by the way, do not it hurt. It physically hurts. By the way, of it's course, not, yeah. it's not. No, I'm not saying it's. Yeah. It's. I'm not saying it's terrible, and then I'm going to say something good about it. But I'm yeah. saying it's interesting to learn a different perspective on it. Oh yeah. Okay. Versus like, oh, it sucks, blah 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 blah. But you're like, no, like, this was a way that actually like. I had a form of control and I lived more in the moment and obviously no one wants that. Yeah. But it's interesting how there are positive outcomes from oh, it. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. teaches you a lesson and all that <laughs> stuff. And my my brother has been homeless before from using heroin. Yeah. And yeah. So I can and I've never heard the positive aspects from him, but he, yeah. you know, because he's you know always trying to get his next fix and whatever. But yeah. I but for sure it makes sense that that's a form of because you don't have you know you're not working from nine to five and then going home yeah, and then having X Y Z. You're you're kind of just staying in the moment. You're like okay we're but is it sort of that where's my next meal thing? Like, what help? What uh, are well, some I actually gained weight while I was homeless. I, that actually <laughs> happened. Like, I'm not proud of it. It's like, okay, so, like, I was, I was, I didn't burn all my bridges. Like, but I burned enough of them where I couldn't stay in people's houses. And I was a fucking mess. Like, you wouldn't want me to stay in your house. Like, there were people who were sympathetic. But they're like, dude, like, and you... We don't trust you in our house, like no, right for sure them. because yeah. you don't have your shit together. So it's not like oh I have a job lined up. I'm get you're like no yeah. I'm just don't I'm I'm nothing yeah. right now. And like psych I don't. psychologically I was fucked too. Like mm -hmm. it's not like I could you know I I was had any wherewithal about me. So right. um, but I had people who'd like give me money and stuff like that. So and I would use that money to I would buy like little Debbie snack cakes to try to stretch it out. And well, it's the food's unhealthy when you're. When you're, yeah, you know, you buy cheap naturally. food, and also like when you're when you get hungry, the first thing that you want is sugar. Yeah, naturally. So or pizza yeah. or whatever, whatever is not conducive to 
Exactly. To nutrition. And people like this, well, weren't you walking all the time? I was like, yeah, but I had abscesses on my feet that I had to drain every single day. So I wouldn't get an infection from it, and they hurt all the time. So I didn't walk a lot. I actually Mm. trained myself to sleep. So I did a lot of sleeping, and I'd wake up, eat this shitty food, so that's why I gained weight while I was home. Wow. That's really interesting. So you... Why did you have abscesses? Oh, because, well, one of the things that happened, you know, I wasn't able to change my socks. I'm walking on my feet all the time. So I'd get blisters. The blisters would get blood, and then they would get dirt in them. So it was just like, oh, okay, well, now you have dirty wounds on your feet that are being untreated, so you get abscesses. And did you um, make any, like, friends during that time that you – what, homeless? Yeah. There was a couple. So there's this place in Riverside Park, uh, which is called the Monument. Riverside is the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Oh, the, I thought you meant in Chicago. Okay, so in New in, York. In New York, mm-hmm. um, along the Hudson River. Okay. Uh, you know, there's Central Park, which is in the middle of the city, and then on the Hudson River, which is the farthest west side of the city, yeah. is Riverside Park. So there was a monument there when I was a kid. We used to go smoke weed there. You know, everybody knew about the monument. So I would go sleep there. There was a couple who was always there. And, like, you know, if I had an extra blanket and they needed one or, yeah. you know, a lot of th- – mostly it was them because I wasn't really carrying a lot of stuff around. They'd mm-hmm. let me, you know, borrow one of their blankets because they had a shopping cart full of stuff. So. Wow. And yeah. did you – not, like, did you keep in contact with them, but did you ever, like, like see them? When you, were, when you, you know, found a home and kind of got your – Never saw them after that. You never saw – okay. Yeah. There was one guy who I bumped into on occasion. Like, definitely people from out of the shelter system. Definitely right, some right. of them. Like, it's one, an in-and-out yeah, process. Of course. Yeah. So it was like people people from them. One of them actually is, you know, became a fairly established, like, studio musician now. A lot of people in the art. Funniest thing about this, comics. I'm trying to tell you about this because you're artists. A lot of people from the arts world end up being fucking homeless and crazy. So, uh, well, you know. Well, it's the creative mind. It's, it's the creative it's a whole, mind, yeah. yeah. Intuition and overstimulation it's exactly. a lot it's the, a lot my that you know what if i ever do a podcast on a deep dive into the whole homeless mental ill population because that one the way they're treated and like oh, the stories you, i have from that oh Jesus. i'm sure did you ever um my brother i mean i'm yeah. rich from the suburbs my brother my brother panhandled did yeah. you ever do that no no no. Why? And because, the, all right, that's something else. That's a No, yeah, I just want to get your the, perspective uh, on that. Uh, a lot of the people that I knew that, you know, either asked for money or did some form of hustling, like stealing from stores, selling on the street, mm-hmm. they kind of had, like, had, like, an inroad to the shelter system or they had, like, a place to – they had a place to eat that day. They had a place to sleep that night, so they were just hustling for drugs. The people who were really wow. long-term, like, homeless, they're, you're going to see them all the time. They're not going to ask you for a fucking dollar. They're so not, they're not gonna. They, that's really interesting. In it, yeah. Do you give people money? Me? When you see homeless people? Depends. Like if it's like cold out and people like this, oh, they're gonna spend it on drugs. Like, yeah, because that night sucks. The cold, rainy night. I hope yeah. they spend. Heroin it on keeps drugs. you warm. I mean, yeah, like, exactly. It's, yeah. Like I want them to drink tonight because that <laughs> situation sucks. So in that type of situation, yeah, of yeah. course I do. Like, oh, what are they gonna do with five dollars other than drugs? What invest in fucking <laughs> stocks and hope that. It blows up one day. Nah, they should spend it on fucking drugs and a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I. It's funny because cause I don't personally give people. Now yeah. I sort of am on board with doing it a little yeah. bit because I'm my brother. I'm very selective though. Like be selective too. Like mm-hmm. try to be aware For sure. that they're. I always say. Like, I always yeah. look at them and I yeah. say good luck because I want them to know that I'm not like ignoring 
them as a person because yeah. people like don't see them as people they just yeah. see them as like another person begging for money yeah. which like i understand in chicago because there's so many people yeah. but from my perspective my brother has done that so yeah. every time i see people doing that i almost so see like, my so brother yeah, like every time i see a white kid doing it i'm yeah. like Get the, no yeah. so i i see him and that triggers like an emotional thing within of me course. so it's not like a blatant like i don't care about you it's yeah. more just like i for personal reasons feel like you're gonna spend this on drugs and like i don't want to help you hit your bottom if that makes sense totally and then my family that. friends like i want to help them hit their bottom so they yeah. can come yeah. <laughs> like live with me sort of thing <laughs> like so i can get money it's <laughs> that, such an addict perspective is, of course oh yeah he's so like well phenomenal. he used to tell me he's like never give him money but then now he he gives him five dollars he's like yeah i want to help him hit their bottom yeah. and i just die laughing because it's like I, like i get it yeah. because like i've seen you know my brother's like overdose and stuff so i can see like the perspective Absolutely. of like oh, yeah, of course. how that reaches like i've seen you know people give him money and then he uses that to buy it's a whole thing yeah it is a whole thing yeah and you're right yeah. you're, you're bringing them one step closer to the bottom is probably gonna end, end up strangely enough helping them out me of i look course. at it as just like i'm gonna give them a break from their misery for like fucking whatever amount of time right. they're high, I guess it's almost so. a it's not even like a way to give it's, it's almost like a signifier of like i care i i don't not caring well a lot of yeah i mean the people who do give are mostly just go are basing their own thing on it it's not yeah really, yeah so or like you ever see yeah it's well it's a whole the system is kind of the just the the stigma of yeah that of is really bad especially with like kids who sell like candy bars for basketball teams like, yeah i would give i give money because i'm like what yeah. are they gonna people are like no and i'm like they're 12. yeah and I give them credit too, because at least they're trying to, like, even if they're not giving it for a basketball team, they're doing, they're selling candy bars. Like, right. it's just like, yeah, this they're kids learning are trying, business. Yeah, they're learning <laughs> business. Like, exactly. Sure, it's an insane markup, but fuck, right. yeah, they're right. not. Yeah, yeah. Like, I bought Skittles the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, uh, I, there's a lot of misconceptions with like the whole like violence factor too. It's just, it's yeah, you have violence, schizophrenics, but like, it's I don't know. It's, again, this, this is probably for a different. Yeah. Oh man, it's been it's been far away from me for a while now. If you guys yeah. aren't hearing this, I, I apologize. Well, you just poured your heart out, and you're like, oh, heart out there like this retake, retake. Yeah, we yeah, gotta yeah. do it all over again. That'd be great. <laughs> please, please keep this part in. Of course. No, I'm. Yeah. I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna. Do um. It. Yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions, but again, that's that. That would be for a different thing. Just because yeah. I mean, it's you know, focus more on the psych. We're, well, I mean, we'll talk about whatever. Fuck it. I don't. Well, no, uh, but but. It's funny that you say that because homelessness is a big portion of mental illness. Oh, yeah. Not just, like, every person who's homeless is mental illness, but I've been in a yeah. psych ward where people have come in because they're homeless and they just got sent there. Oh, I, I – And that's, like, their dream. Like, this is, like, they're to have a scheduled meal. Dude, I – okay, so there are three of my psych ward stays mm -hmm. where it was literally because I wanted three. And they, the psychiatrist, the last <laughs> time – this is when it, right before I got into the whole, like, uh, into the uh, – the, the, um, the shelter community part of it was just the last i remember this being the last time that i went there without any suicidal ideation yeah and it was like the same site it's like the third time he's just like listen we keep telling you to go to a shelter you're not going to shelter i'm going to admit you this time i know there's nothing wrong with you but if you don't work with these social workers that we send you don't ever come back here they wow. he knew why i was there i was just like <laughs> right. oh shit okay i get a bed but and fucking meals like yeah they the hospitals have like they should have not like they should but i think there should be a point where they can provide that stuff because yeah. it is so important for people like to eat yeah it is <laughs> it's okay yeah. we can do all right swag okay so we're gonna discuss some topics that people sure. submitted um so first one was can you talk about the psych ward system and how you get in one? 
So, I mean, we kind of, like, discussed it already, but maybe just, like, you d- you explain voluntary and involuntary. Yeah, voluntary and involuntary, uh, you know, is pretty self-explanatory. Voluntary right. is when you go in and you say, like, oh, I, I'm having suicidal thoughts or ideation. I need help. I, want, I, I don't feel help. safe. I don't feel safe. That was my, part of my stay. Yeah. I, like, didn't want to go home because I was like, I know I'm going to kill myself. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, and that's, you know, it's a fairly... Uh, typical in road and then involuntary is when somebody else is just like okay we are seeing you go through this and like you know one of the times was just uh i um i tried overdosing on codeine tylenol for with codeine and because i'm allergic to tylenol so i figured oh that would definitely do it wow. yeah so uh you know i ended up getting hives on my feet and i started like scratching them so this psychiatrist came over to my <laughs> parents house he saw that i had bloody feet and he's just like this oh we're admitting you immediately so that was one of my other involuntary (laughs) ones Uh, so that's like an involuntary sex day and then it's the prerequisites are you a danger to yourself or you danger to somebody else so yeah can you explain what a 72 hour hold is 72 hour hold so they are required to keep you the vocab yeah so they are required to keep you in a psych ward for 72 hours and during that time they are observing you to make sure that you're not um, at risk for anybody, uh, at risk to anybody else, or to yourself. To yourself now, right. very rarely do people only stay in a psych ward for 72 hours because it they can charge a lot of money while you're in the psych ward. When right. I was there, and this is back in '90, for the first time, this is back in '96, it was about a thousand dollars a day. Okay, so with without insurance. Without insurance. So, but then, like, uh, if you're God. poor, then they, they'll put you on Medicaid, and then for Medicaid sure. pays for it. But, you know, it's part of the whole system. Um, you know, but I rarely have heard stories of people only saying 72 hours. Um, I've stayed less than that, but that's also because they just, like, you know, like I mentioned before about the whole homeless thing. They were like this, okay, we know you're just trying to, like, get in here, so you, you're treating us like a shelter. You need to go to an actual shelter. Right. So... Yeah. Okay, so that's, like, terms. Anything else? Like, how you get in one? I mean, I don't really think – I think that kind of covers Oh, well, there's it. also a difference between, like, the 30-day, like, regular uh, hospital psych ward admission, which is uh, up to about 30 days. And if you have to go longer than that, then usually they send you to a state institution, which is a minimum of 90 days. Um, and uh, that yeah. could go – yeah, those are those are the four real ones. When they're talking about, like, an it's asylum like – jail. Yeah, it's kind of like jail, and that's right. usually those places are the ones that also house. Like when they say the criminally insane, like that's that usually is where the wards where they have those types of people that are just like in there for court mandated periods of time. And um, and then there's programs like there's programs, there's programs. transitional there's, day treatment. There's programs. I've done yeah. um, PHP, which is what is What's that? PHP. Um, I've done IOP, intensive outpatient. Intensive outpatient, and then which PHP. Is, yeah. Is um. I don't know what that is, but I, I think intensive outpatient is where you're like you you're there every day. Yeah, but okay. it's like it's like a nine to five job, but then you just leave. And yeah, then, yeah. Okay, so I did something similar. They called it labeled it transitional day treatment program yeah. or TDP, but it's the same exact thing. Yeah, that's actually where I learned about it being kind of like not really a scam, but it was a business because I saw these people just like in and out of the psych wards over and over again. They were all very intelligent people, very well read, too smart for their own good. They knew the DSM-4 at the time it was the DSM-4. I know right. in your generation, DSM-5. DSM uh, they knew the Diagnostic DSM- Statistical Manual. There you go. And, and it's like this big book of like disorders from ages. Disorders. People don't and know what that is. Yeah. And if you start reading it, you'll think you'll have everything because the reality is everybody has exhibits, you know, some, some symptoms, you know, some for symptoms sure. Symptoms. Um, 
Yeah. A lot of psych majors, like, you know this, in Psych 101 especially, like, you start thinking you have everything because you're like, oh, my God, I remember when I went through this, that. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, One of them was, can you discuss the graffiti on the walls and the ceilings? Yeah. Like, I never saw. That was pretty good. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I never saw anything that was too outlandish, but, like, I just thought it was funny, like, seeing people sign their names. Like, I'm just like, why are you <laughs> Exactly. Like, they're like, autographing like, it? Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. like, like bitch. Like, I was here. Like, who can't? Like, exactly. why are you promoting that? Like, right, 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 right. Like, exactly. I thought it was so funny when, like, like in the bathrooms, we had one of the psych wards. I think it was the first psych ward I stayed in. There was, like, a wooden door. And not the doors that closed. They would, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, They would slide. Yeah, slide <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're like, bitch, the slide door. So, like, I would slide them. And then the graffiti was, like, all over the back of it. Yeah. And it was just, um. One girl wrote, like, blah, 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 and then they wrote help. And I was like, yeah. this is the right place if you need yeah, help. Like, like press you have, There's a button yeah. for this. There's a triage not, right there on the ward. Like, just go to the nurse's exactly, station. Exactly, it's not yeah, a 1950s. Is. I think people sometimes think it's, like, it is glorifying it a little bit when they're, like, help. Yeah. And it's like, all right, like, you, you, you are getting help. Like, this yeah, is like, the place if you need help. Yeah. So. And, and, by the way, loose definition of help. Like, let's just say they're helping you from not self-destructing. That, right. That very, yeah, but right for sure. I think it's interesting how people like do. Si- I think I signed. I think I did, did you sign ever my have name. Did you to go to the quiet room or do the four point restraints? Bit? No, I've seen people get restrained. I <laughs> saw somebody who was like yelling about freedom of speech. And oh, that's a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Scream about in a psych ward. Yeah, and it was like a... during the time of like Hillary and Trump and like very interesting. Where I was like, he's kind of topical. Like he knows what he's yeah, talking like, about, wow, and he like, really? and he like was yelling like i i can say whatever i want and blah blah, blah and like yelling at the staff and they just kind of like restrained him and then he would do once the, the medicine wore off yeah he would do it again and then it, would restra- it, it was in the course of like 10 minutes wow like really fast yeah. so um and then what was this other one um oh this was what i was gonna ask you so somebody wrote why mental health was such a to- taboo topic that wasn't talked about till recently i mean we can talk about that but i wanted to mention this isn't the best time to talk about why men are oppressed, <laughs> but I think in the mental health area, yeah. like it's like more of a stigma that men don't get depressed and don't have emotions, and so maybe you want to talk about like yeah, that. so like it's like because there's definitely a there's definitely a group of friends that I had at the time that like were just like this oh you're making this up to scam the system or whatever yeah. and stuff like that and it's there like because in their head it's less that they were was less accusatory more like they just simply they can't empathize or understand because in their mind it's just like you're a man you should be the master of your own destiny and the thing that i'm saying is it's like i'm not the man like i'm not in control of this right you're admitting that you're vulnerable and they're still like like, no you're you're making making this up gotcha okay you know it's just and that again what i noticed what it's mostly from the guys that are the ones that le- the ones who are least in touch with that with themselves were the ones that were exhibiting the worst possible symptoms of whatever mental health thing you can imagine. Well, it's so it's like it's kind of like the people who, um, you, if you're suppressing something so much, you're going to project it on exactly. other people. Like homophobic for sure. people, it, like you know, it's just sure. like oh yeah, they have terabytes of you know of gay porn on their computer right like, yeah you know yeah well it's it's one of those things where like you 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 want to say it so bad yeah. That you have anxiety or depression or whatever, and then, yeah. And it sucks because to say that to somebody, especially as a man, when you're suppressing your emotions and that's what you're told to do, and yeah. then you let it out, and then somebody says, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. That's, it's like, like uh, that's crushing. 
I had a therapist. I told her that deep, dark secret from my past, and uh, we did not get along from the start. And she was just like this. Well, I think you're making that up. I was just like, <gasps> why would I make that up here? Like, I have no reason. I'm here to try to get better. I have no reason to make that she, up. She said that? Yeah. I don't even want to sit, like, like, because, again, it's just a deeper dive than right, I want to do. Right, sure. like, It was like one of those things where it's, I was like one of those things where it's just like, no, I have to be able to talk about this here. And this is the most opportune time, too. And she was just like this. Well, I, that sounds like you're making it up. I'm just like, wow. Okay. And that clearly that relationship didn't last. Too long, for sure. So. And so, okay. So can I ask, can we do like two minutes yeah. more? Okay. You want to do two more minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay so I'm going to ask two people two questions. Sure. Okay. So do you, so like I, I said this to Carly, like I don't personally think I'm going to end up in a psych ward because I, Ever, yeah. Like ever, because I have coping tools that I can use. Yes. Um, let's say you weren't. What do you feel like helps you the most? What with not going well, back with, to the psych ward? Right, or just not getting to that state where like you're like, oh, I have to voluntarily admit myself, or oh, not uh, get back to maintain, maybe a manic episode. Like, what helps you with that? Uh, just maintaining awareness of it. Like you know, okay. knowing that okay, well, this, well, some thoughts that I'm having are not, you know, are either not real or they're just erratic. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Just maintaining focus on that and being vigilant in that. Like, I make that a priority in my life. I never lose sight of that, ever. Good. Like, there are times where it's just like if a situation is like, I just like this, no, 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 no. This is number one. I'm never going back there again. You prioritize that. Yeah, mental. prioritize that. That's, that's great. And <coughs> the second question is yeah. what, um, well, to get to that place, what made you, so I'll tell you. So, yeah. so what I told Carly for, I said, what made, what made, um, you changed the course of your life yeah. when I, I used to cut myself. And so yeah. I would, the reason why I stopped was because the lady in the hospital was like, tell me a reason why and you weren't doing it for attention. Are we doing like as a stress relief? Um, or, it I know was different people. Cut oh yeah. It reason. was more to express. I had a hard time expressing how I would say I'm depressed, but I would never go into like why I was depressed. Yeah. And I would never say I feel sad. I'm like, no, I just have depression, but I wouldn't yeah. dive into like the reasons, you know, the, the backstory of why I felt that way. So it was a way for me to express physically what I felt emotionally. Got it. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told, so the, the, the thing that made me change my life was my therapist said, imagine somebody you like that. If something happened to them, it would like shatter your earth. And I said, my mom, and she's like, yeah. I want you to imagine every time you cut yourself, you're cutting your mom. And that Ooh, changed my life. That's a good one. That's so a nice like, CBT, what? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. CBT, yeah. cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy. therapy. Yeah. yeah all these like, yeah. we're speaking code. <laughs> we're speaking code. Um, uh, so what was the thing that made you change? Like the course of your life or something that even oh, little. So my last psych was say, uh, the psychiatrist actually picked me up from the, from this, um, homeless outreach program he picked mm -hmm. me up and he said like you realize and he was just frustrated because he was getting heat on him because you know it's like a client that was high functioning is now in and out of the psych mm. ward so they're looking at him like what's going on right. and he like out of frustration was just like you realize every time you go to the psych ward it makes you weaker and unable to, co to cope with this stuff and like wow. something about like how he said it like I saw the truth of what he was saying even mm -hmm. though I didn't the tone the way he was saying it like he didn't mean for this to be helpful but I was just like this no, 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 no. He's human. I, yeah, I get what he's trying to say, and he's absolutely right. The more dependent on this crutch that I that I am yeah. currently on, uh, yeah. The and again, we're this is two thousand. Uh, this is two thousand three that my last cycle was six. So, you know, I mean, what are we? This sixteen years ago. So yeah, yeah I haven't I been back since. Seven. No manic episodes. Yeah, almost seventeen years ago. No wow. manic episodes since. And again, psych med free since for 15 years so yeah wow congrats that's yeah. 
unbelievable. Yeah, so it, it was time. effective. It helped. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm just gonna knock on wood right here because I don't want to put any juju out in the universe, and like say like, oh, I'm doing great so far, and then I have a total collapse. You <laughs> meant like juju, like now. juju. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Absolutely. You are my favorite Jew, oh, by the yeah. way. I would just I like to make that clear before we end. Yeah. And um, L'chaim. Oh, L'chaim. Basel. Thank you. Yeah. How do you say thank you in Hebrew? I don't either, and yeah. I have a Hebrew tattoo. That looks bad, say, but it's fine. Please tell me it's a tattoo that says, <laughs> you know. Um, says a, like, okay, thank you so much for watching Doing Time with Derek Strong.